This is the Friday, September 22, 2023 version of the market analysis segment for Market to Market. Russian wheat exports continued flooding the market while harvest pressure and outside markets weighed in for attention. For the week, the nearby wheat contract fell a quarter, while the December corn contract added a penny. The soybean yields may be better than expected, while technical bots pushed the trade lower. The November contract dropped by 44 cents, and the December meal contract shed 6.30 per ton. December cotton shrank by 53 cents per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, October Class 3 milk futures tumbled 98 cents. The livestock market was mixed. October cattle improved 15 cents. October feeders cut 5.33. And the October lean hog contract declined $1.60. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index added 35 ticks. November crude oil fell a penny per barrel. Comex Gold lost a dollar per ounce in the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index shed nearly 10 points to settle at 611.60. Joining us now, market analyst Chris Robinson. Hi, Chris. Good to see you. Good to see you. Let's talk with wheat, like we do. Demand is maybe starting to pick up, but we still have this Black Sea issue flooding the market, altering prices. How much longer can that narrative play out and impact U.S. farmers? I, I wish I knew. I mean, this is the year where if you followed fundamental, if you were a fundamental trader, you would have thought mul- on multiple times we should have had much, much higher prices. And every rally was met with more selling from Russia. So um, it's, it's really something I think we'll be studying this for a while because with all of the risk and all of the worry, every weekend we went home, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, and every time we got a good dollar rally, dollar fifty rally, it did not hold. So, at the end of the day, I think that um, uh, you know we're trying to find a bottom down here. We're at two-year lows, but then we get into this game. It's like it's like playing mousetrap. They go back and look for what's the next low, what's the next low, and um, at some point we're probably going to have like a big reversal. But boy, anybody that's tried to buy that bottom in this past year, you know, it's it's been very very difficult, and it's been. Um, uh, especially hard because we have had a couple good rallies and you think, okay, we're going to be all right. And then they're just, they've been so short-lived. It was a really, really tough marketing year for wheat. So with CoBank saying this week that Russian wheat exports remain the biggest threat or risk to U.S. wheat elevators, what do you do if you're sitting on December wheat or March wheat? You selling yet? I mean, it's hard too when you're saying two-year yeah. lows. We're, we're at two-year lows, right? And it's, it's really hard to sell into a dollar or two dollar, we just dropped two dollars and twelve cents. Six, seven weeks ago, we were, it looked like we were going to be all right. So I think it's hard to do that. Uh, if you don't want to sell it, don't kid yourself. I mean, there, there could be another, uh, another one more downdraft. If you go back and look at 2013, which was the last year we had kind of similar market action to this, both corn and wheat uh, from September to December, they dropped a buck. So for somebody to say, no, it's, it can't go any lower, I think that's. Uh, disingenuous. I think that you've got to keep a floor. If you're going to store it, you've got to keep a floor. And uh, I just, you know, you don't want to spend too much because we're already at two-year lows, but it doesn't mean we can't go lower. So store it, protect it. Uh, if you have to sell it, I mean, if you have to sell it, please take a look at reowning it because we are so overdue for a correction higher. Um, and I, I don't think that you, it's something where you sell it and then you're going to reown it for the next week. You reown it for three or four months. You could also probably say some of the same things about corn right now, too. 
Absolutely. Sitting at two-year lows um, with the uh, commodity funds short, but short corn and uh, short uh, wheat. So they're leaning on that market. Uh, you know, they're still long soybeans. They're actually long the whole soy complex, although we did get some sell pressure here this week. They sold some last week. I'm sure they sold some more this week. Uh, you know, you mentioned that stat earlier. I think we were down 40 cents on the week uh, for uh, soybeans. And what's, what's been driving that is the yields are bigger. The, the, the first stories of yields are better than people thought. A lot of people thought that the two weeks of heat was really going to uh, clip the yield, and it hasn't. And now, you know, this is a big weekend. A lot of guys are finally going to get rolling, and we're going to start, you know, the rubber's going to meet the road, and we're going to find out what the yields actually are. Let's go put a bow on corn for just a moment on that deferred contract. Or do you see any hesitation from people to pull the trigger on a sale or even do a re-ownership that you're talking about? I mean, is there hesitation or is there a, what more can I do, throw my hands up in the air? Well, I think it depends on what you've done to your marketing year. We had uh, over 100 days of corn north of $6. You know, we, we had opportunities this year. We go back 10, 12 years ago, we would get above 430 three or four times, right? It, it didn't, it wasn't very long lasting. Soybeans, you know, we were well above $14 for a while. Wheat, I think, was a different story. It just was basically drifted lower with a couple returns. So it depends on where somebody's hedged. We had a lot of opportunities to hedge or sell corn around $6. So if you're unhedged and you're, you're thinking, well, I'm, you know, I don't want to lose it down here at these two-year lows, then I think uh, you've got to make sure that you keep some sort of a floor under it, uh, set it and forget it. Um, is there, is there uh, carry that you can capture? We're, we're going to get into one of these markets now where mm. is there going to be carry? You and I were talking about this before. You've got to do the math because make sure you can capture that carry. It might make more sense to sell it and buy a T-bill where you can get 5% guaranteed rather than take the risk of not capturing the carry. Which could also be your play in soybeans too. Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the capture the carry opportunity. Technically, we've walked out, uh, washed out 50, 100, and 200 day moving averages. So, technically, <laughs> what does that tell you before you even look at the fundamental story? Well, technically, we we're halfway back. We, we had our, our entire marketing year went from 1130 to 1435 off of those lows this summer. And um, when we got to 1435, people were talking about $15 beans. So we're kind of back here to this 1280, 1290 level. It's a very, very big report. You and I have talked about this. In the last two years, we've seen so many market moves where it moves X and comes back half of X, or, or it's, we've seen it over and over again. That's the influence of these uh, uh, computer traders. It's, it's been an uh, amazing thing to watch. So we're at a key level. Uh, if you're thinking about selling uh, Soybeans here, the, the big number was 1233. Why is that a big number? 1233 puts you in the top one-third of available prices for the whole year if you're one of those persons where you try and get in that upper level. So, um, you know, if you, if you sell it here, I think it's worth taking a shot and reowning it. Um, but, uh, you know, wheat is, excuse me, soybeans have been the best um, numbers game, you know, to, to put it mildly, because you know, most guys, even at, you know, $12 beans, they're still doing okay. You know, we're not yeah. at 11.30 or not sub-11. Let's get to livestock for a moment. Cattle Unfeed came out today. Uh, the headline is you, United States Cattle Unfeed down 2%. Is the headline accurate? Yeah, as expected and friendly, supportive. Um, you know, we, we've seen this for the last year and a half, right? It's been the biggest bull market 
Uh, go back and look. You know, we've had a couple corrections, but the demand has held up. And despite all the other stories that are out there about, you know, are we going to have a recession? Are we not going to have a recession? I think, uh, I, I think that the, the consumer is going to be the person that's going to put the top end for, uh, for cattle. For as cattle. long as people keep buying it and as long as the herd is uh, uh, smaller than it needs to be, uh, you know, these are record high prices. What do you say when you're at record high prices, you know? I'm going to go to something you said in your newsletter today, uh, but it's similar to both cattle and, and feeders here. You were talking about when people ask you, are the highs in? Yes, I'm guilty of asking that question. But what does this pattern say? Is there anything different as we have hit a high and now kind of trended lower? Is there anything technically you see in that feeder chart? Not really. I mean, the feeder chart, I think that there's a trend line down there that we've hit a couple times. The last time we were there was in May. Um, that was the last correction we've had. That's always, there's always um, a risk that if we do have some, something change, somebody say something, some politician says something, something happens where something unexpected happens, um, you know, then we could have a, 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 a bigger correction lower. But technically, you know, you know, we've had so many outside days and reversal days and key reversal days. This market has just been full speed ahead, and uh, it's been something really to watch. Uh, sooner or later, it's going to correct. But again, I think as long as the demand, the demand is there, um, you know, we, we may see these prices uh, continue. I'm looking at hogs to see if there's anything different about them. Is there? You know, the hogs had a difficult year. The first six months, we just kept trending lower and lower. That was the spread. I call it the spread du jour. Everybody wanted to be long cattle, and they would hedge it by selling um, uh, lean hogs. And it's just kind of a, a, an economic decision, too. It's harder to rebuild the cattle herd just because of biology than it is to rebuild, you know, the, uh, the hog herd. And, you know, th we've had our fits and starts. We've had... Um, a couple times where it looks like we were about to turn the corner when the Chinese about uh, two weeks ago decided that they were going to really hit the pedal and just print money to try and get, turn their economy around. People were like, well, that money's going to come through. It's going to um, help uh, uh, pull up demand for, uh, for our lean hogs. But yeah, I think that uh, uh, you'll probably continue to see that spread, especially if people want to stay long, and the interesting thing is the managed money, the, the funds, they're actually bet long the entire protein complex. So they're bet long with the producers. And we are long out of time. Chris Robinson, good to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hold tight. We're going to pause this analysis and continue our discussion about these markets in our Market Plus segment. You can find both Plus and analysis on our website at markettomarket.org. As you head to the field this fall, take us with you. We want to make sure that you keep up to date on commodity market analysis and news around agriculture with our three podcast offerings. Two of them come out on Friday, and the third, the MTOM, is released Tuesday. Subscribe or follow where you get your podcasts today. Next week, we look at the ever-moving fertilizer market. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great week.